The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Let's get to our guest, Steve Sosnick, Chief Strategist at Interactive Brokers. Steve, uh, thanks very much for taking out some time on a Sunday evening and help us navigate through these markets. Uh, do you feel that investors will start to turn more positive because the Fed may be slowing down a little bit in its approach to uh, monetary policy or more on the negative side? Because uh, one of the reasons they might do that is that it looks like um, recession could be closer and we have these ongoing difficulties in China. Um, good morning, Brian. Wow, you you came ready with a good question there. Um, the the I, I look at it this way: the bond market and the stock market are telling us two different things. The bond market is clearly sending a recession signal. So, you know, again, let, let me just sort of stipulate: if the markets are telling me two different things, I tend to trust the bond market over the stock market. That said, I think investors have gotten. Um, they've gotten a bit more mellow in terms of what they're looking for. First, they were looking for a Fed pivot. That wasn't coming from Powell. Then they were hoping for um, a pause. That didn't come. Then they were hoping, you know, now they're just sort of okay with, okay, if the pace of rate hikes slows, that's good enough for us. And that, that kind of bowled us up um, earlier, you know, early last week. Um, it's not clear to me that that is a great way to go through life. Um, I think that's a little. I think they've gotten a little ahead of themselves, and so we'll see what happens. Um, whether the data, which which side the data um, really favors over the coming days. Uh, and I suppose they're probably at the moment uh, people living for next month when we see the uh, the latest uh, earnings come through. But you know how important and how seriously are people taking earnings in your view, Steve? Um. Let me say, Rashad, they always take it seriously, but sometimes I think they, they, they may not be discounting enough going forward. Um, I think, you know, we, we saw some great reactions for, from a, a wide range of retailers. It's not clear to me whether that was just because they liked the numbers or because they were sort of caught wrong-footed by okay numbers. Uh, but as we get into next year, I, I was kind of expecting that um, we might see some more revisions um, from analysts in terms of next year's numbers, and they're not really coming through with those. So we're reasonably fairly valued, you, you know, and actually maybe slightly undervalued if the if those earnings that, that are still being predicted come through. But if you're expecting more of a recessionary scenario, um, then then I think we're still a little bit. Uh, we, we, may, we still have some downside then, potentially. And some investors had taken some positive um, signs from China over the past couple of weeks, uh, thinking that perhaps, if not in actual name, but in practice, uh, some of the COVID restrictions would be retreating. But we see a very different story now. And then these protests add a lot to it, too, because that raises added concerns, I suppose, about governance. Oh, absolutely. This is this has become you know this has become an issue. U.S. investors really jump on the bandwagon. Anything, anything that seems positive out of China, they get very excited about. We saw a tremendous amount of call buying in 
um, you know, FXI, which is, you know, sort of a China related ETF and a lot of the, you know, the, the usual sort of names like Alibaba and stuff. Um, and this has to put a little bit of a damper on it in the short term. So last week was perhaps a bit muddied because of the Thanksgiving holiday and the partial trading day on, on Friday. So we've got a proper uh, trading week and culminating, of course, with the non-farm payrolls report. How important is that in the context of the verbiage we've had out of the Federal Reserve of late? Um, I think the non-farm payrolls is sort of taking a back seat right now because I, I think we can more or less check off the full employment portion of the Fed's dual mandate. Remember, it's you know full employment and stable prices. We can pretty much say that full employment, if, if not here, it's awful close. Um, and, we're, and the Fed has basically said that they're going to sacrifice employment at the, at, you know, if it means getting stable prices. So I think it, these are always important numbers, um, and I think people will read into it if it's an outlier. But I think if it more or less comes in in line, it doesn't change much of the Fed narrative uh, that people are looking for. Yeah, it's a tricky time when you think that actually recession may be part of the game plan for the Fed. Uh, so it puts you in a in a funny position. And you you seem to express, Steve, a little bit of frustration in the first part of our interview with you know this run over four thousand for the S and P five hundred when there wasn't really much news to justify it. So my question to you is. Is that actually a, a good sign or a bad sign? The bad sign would be, well, maybe it's just complacency being shown. But a good sign is maybe they f- see and feel some underlying strength. Yeah, I mean, I, I twist it, it, th- this is the problem. Is It's very hard to unpack. My, my gut kind of tells me it's a little bit of hopium, you know, just sort of yeah. everybody yeah. being hopeful that, that something is going to turn around. You know, you do have the seasonality of the end of the year. Um, if you get a little bit of positive momentum into November, December, the institutional investors want to stay invested because they, they want to ride that momentum higher. Um, and so I think you, you can get a kind of run uh, where the market just has enough to justify it, its actions without necessarily being a real causative um, story. And that's I, think, that's, I think, kind of the situation we're in. Uh, it's a bit of momentum. It's a bit of good feelings. People feel okay being invested. Um, but, but it's, you know, longer, you know, and then we'll sort of wait until next year and see what happens. That can be a little bit tricky. Steve, when you look at, you know, your, uh, your clients and you, you look at what's been happening in the crypto space, what's your take from what they're asking you? I mean, how badly damaged has this whole, indeed, uh, um, ecosystem been hurt by what happened with FTX and the rippling effect from it? How many hours do we have, Rashad? <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the, the short answer is, you know, I think that, that people, if you're a believer in crypto, you kind of remain a believer in crypto. Um, I think people are encouraged by the fact that it hasn't sold off. I do think that that is more of a function of a lot of small investors really just can't sell because they don't have access to their accounts, um, depending on which firm they're invested at. Um, I don't think this does anything toward to you know the institutional adoption of crypto. I, I can't see a lot of you know major asset allocators saying, oh, you know, let's get into crypto now. There's still so many unanswered legal questions about who you know how the accounts are going to be. Um, separated out, um, you know, custody and things of that nature. It's a big mess. I think those who, those who believe in it remain believers. You know, a lot of the, a lot of the so-called whales are in at levels where they're, you know, even at 15,000 down from 60,000, they're still up huge. If you're in it, you know, $500 or $1,000 or something like that. So it's, you have this really bifurcated market right now. 
Um, and I think for the most part, people are just sort of hanging tight, sort of hopeful that, and, and happy that it hasn't collapsed more. But it, it, there's not a great investment thesis to it right now. And, yeah. You know, as I've been saying all along, it's, it's a, crypto's never existed in, in an environment where there's been sustained monet, you know, restrictive monetary policy. Um, and that's what we're seeing now. And so, you know, this, there's a bit of reckoning going on. Um, and I just hope it's not more painful. It's been painful for a lot of people already. Um, and I just hope we can kind of get our way through it. But in terms of, you know, customers, I think those who love it, love it. Those who don't um, are, are, are certainly not dipping their toe in now. Steve, real pleasure having you on the program. As usual, Steve Sosnick, the chief strategist at Interactive Brokers, getting his take uh, on uh, the market action, also just getting his take on what's going on with regards to uh, the uh, crypto uh, space as well. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.